Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia. Today, we have a really special episode. Normally, Phyllis and I will either have a conversation or we'll have a special guest. Today, we have a special guest, and our special guest is Phyllis. Phyllis G. Williams is a multimodal storyteller who writes and speaks. She helps empathetic women set boundaries and become whole so they can serve from overflow. She is known as the progress promoter for connecting others and being open about her journey. People remember Phyllis for her hospitality, southern accent, and creativity. So help me welcome Phyllis as our special guest today. Phyllis, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me on our show. (laughs) (laughs) We spend a lot of time interviewing other people and getting to know things about other people, but there are a lot of things that our audience don't know about either of us. So today I wanted you to be the guest because we're kicking off National Poetry Month and people may or may not know that you are a poet. So what better way to kick off National Poetry Month with Living the Principles than to have our very own co-host who is a poet talk about poetry. So let's get started by kicking it off by me asking you, how did you get into writing poetry? I started writing um, in elementary school or middle school. It's this girl that I was friends with. Her name is Kim Bird. I'm not sure if she's going to see this, but hey, Kim. And she loved to write. And I think Seeing her love for poetry and writing, it ignited a a love in my heart as well. And we also, I went to a school that was predominantly black, so we would always do Maya Angelou poems, Langston Hughes poems, and it seemed so revolutionary and um, explosive in a sense that I felt that it was, it would ignite stuff. So. I think that's how I started to love poetry was in around late elementary, junior high school, Kim Bird, and just going to a predominantly black school that shared black poetry. Well, I can only imagine that your poetry has changed over the years from when you were a young girl until now. Tell me about how that transformation has taken place. Yes, indeed, because I'm pretty sure 
it was very sassy at seventh grade. Like I shake my hips, I do the dip and stuff like that at seventh grade. And in junior high and high school, it probably was depressing. And I stopped writing for a long time. I would always journal throughout my life when I was in the Marine Corps. When I got out, I have this thing where I've been writing since 2010, summaries of my year. But I started back writing this girl named Tamika Brown. No, I'm sorry. Her name is Tamika Huff. She introduced me to haiku. So I had started writing again. So they have really transformed. And I think now so they're more reflective of the maturity of my life compared to I shake my hips, I do my dip, and sassy stuff. So no more sassy stuff, or do you still throw in sassy every now and then? Every now and then. What are most of your poems and writing writings about? They differ. Sometimes it's based on what's going on in the world. It could be what's going on in my life. So they differ of the the motives behind them. I think lately they've been my personal life. The last few poems I write, and I don't write, some people can write 20, 30 poems a year, but that's not me. I'm kind of a slow writer. So, but when it comes to me, it comes. So I write more about what's going on in my life lately. You've made a very interesting point about when it comes to you, it comes. I was going to ask you what inspires you to write poetry. Emotions. I think over the last few years, my poems have been all about emotions. Um, If I'm infatuated about somebody, sorry, so... If you see this, somebody probably got a poem for me. So if I'm infatuated by something, I, I write a poem. If I'm angry, I have done poems because I was angry. If I'm sad, that brings about a poem for me. I wrote one poem because it was a joke. I started off as a joke. So those are some of my inspirations. Did I answer Do, Yes, yes. Oh. you You are inspired by emotion. You mentioned if you're infatuated with someone, you may write a poem. Do you write poems and actually give them to other people or do you keep all of your poetry to yourself? I usually give it to the person. Some poems, I believe, aren't for a particular person. I've done that also where it's sort of a vision. Like, this is my standard that I want to set. So I'm not going to give that to anyone. It's just a standard that I'm setting for my dating life. Nice, nice. So they're already well prepared. And you're well prepared because you have it written down. I was thinking about National Poetry Month and why poetry matters. Why do you think poetry matters, that we have a whole month to commemorate poetry. 
you guys excuse the noise. You know we're live, so people get off work. So you may hear some noise in the background. The first person that comes to my mind is the young lady who did the speech for the inauguration. I believe poetry can spark conversations and it can express emotions. It can express grief, anger, all those are emotions in a way that speeches cannot. So I think that's why poetry is so important. And we have an episode called Artist Activism. So I think poetry is a form or can be a form of activism. And I think that's why I celebrate it all month long in April. And it all, so um, as far as activism, not just in a cultural sense, also medically, there's people that's bringing awareness to things that um, in the medical field as well. Like, I think her name is D-Dash. She's in the local Fayetteville area. So she talks about lupus. Not too long ago, we did a recording for someone who, um, I'm not sure if she has poems, but I'm pretty sure she knows somebody that highlights HIV. So it's a form of activism that really gets people to think and start conversations. Yeah, I love that. It's just it's really about activism and awareness, bringing things to light, like you said, create an avenue for conversations. And I think that is really important. And when I think about the Kwanzaa principle, Kuumba and creativity and how poetry as a mechanism of creativity can really do just what the principle says about making the world a better place and leaving it more beautiful than we found it. And we can do that really through emotion. I was thinking about what you were saying about emotion. There are different emotions that can highlight poetry. So I really love that there is a National Poetry Month and some of the things that maybe we can do during this month to to create and cultivate that awareness. What are some things? I'll add one more because you brought up the principles, self-determination. Poetry allows us to define ourselves. One of the poems that many people know is um, Phenomenal Woman. So that allowed us to define ourselves. I remember that was one of the first poems that made me look at myself differently as a black woman. So not only does it start conversations and activism, it allows us to define ourselves, give us affirmations. Well, throughout this conversation thus far, you have mentioned Maya Angelou and her poetry. Is she one of your favorite poets? And if she is, do you have others? Or who is your absolute favorite poet? I believe, well, Maya Angelou is one that I admired the most. and. I always wanted to meet her because not just of her poetry, but because of her life, because of the things she did, because she showed the world, hey, I'm not perfect. And look what I've accomplished and look what I've done. And you can do as well. And she still was so graceful and strong. So she was somebody I admired. So I'm not sure if it was just her poetry. I don't think I have a favorite poet because I, I just admire so many different people. One poem 
that stuck with me or I think about most is, I'm not going to say think about most, but one point that stuck with me is um, Schizophrenic Conversations, and her name is Tasha Jones. And it just, like I said, poetry can get all these conversations and make you say, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or we think people with mental illnesses are aloof or have no common sense or can't function in the world, but they make so much sense that we haven't connected. And in that poem, she said stuff like, who's going to trust a thief? Then she said, we're all thieves. So there's so many things that was in that poem, and it just made me really look at less shameful of mental illness. So, and that was, that poem was like, I heard it, her do that poem live maybe five years ago. So there's a lot of poems that I think that have shifted the way I, I view things. So I don't think I have a favorite poem or a favorite poet. That's really interesting. It just keeps it in perspective, allows you to be able to flow with the nature of poetry without putting yourself in a certain box. So I I, I appreciate that. Now, two things you said that triggered something in me, and that is you said that Poetry speaks in a way that speeches don't. And you also said that you heard this young lady speak her poem. What is the difference between poetry and spoken word? I don't know the technical answer for that because I feel like I'm not. I I don't feel like I'm a poet. I feel like I'm a writer. Like. I think I've done one poem. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that because that'd be lying. But I've done, <laughs> I have recited my poetry in small groups before, but as far as competing, I've never, I've never um, done it in a competitive manner. People don't hire me to do poetry. So I think of people who are hired to do poetry. I think about people who compete when I think about spoken word. And I think about people who take like, acting classes that lady tasha that i was speaking of she was very dramatic and she's hired to do poetry and people seek her out and they go to southern fried and speak across the country so that's who i think of when i think of spoken word artists it's really an art form it's really the people who um study the craft of spoken word i also feel like it's a culture like they are in little niches and they are cl- in a in a clique. And I mean, I may know people like, hey, how you doing? But I, I don't know them like that. Like, so. They're <laughs> 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 like, oh, hey, how you doing? They probably know me because I support the arts, but I'm not really a part of it. So I think spoken word is you're a part of that. It's competitive. You're paid for it. And I, that's the difference, I think. What's the difference between a writer and a poet? You said you don't think you're a poet. You think you're, you, you don't consider yourself a poet. You consider yourself a writer. I think frequency. Like, my book, um, The Art of Me, 
30 strategies to discover yourself for. Yes, the cover has changed. So that came out 2016. And I probably have written 10 or 12 poems since then. So I'm not like I can write 10 poems a year. So I think people that can write frequently are poets and people that can write sometimes are writers. Now I can, I can write about, I can write short stories. I can write blogs. So that's why I feel like I'm a writer, not a poet. Okay. Well, I think you are a poet because poetry is written words. It's just the way that it's written. Poetry is written different than prose, but it's still written. And I also declare you as a poet because you do have this book. And yes, I have the original one where the cover is different, but the the latest cover has you on it. And it's, it's very beautiful. And I'm, do you have a copy sitting close? I don't have okay. a copy either. <laughs> oh, you don't even have a copy. Yeah. Well, I want to say that you are a poet because there are poems in this book and you talked about haikus. There are haikus in this book. And I have a favorite poem in this book called Vows. I really like that one. Do you have a favorite poem that you have written? Yes, uh, my favorite poem from myself is I'm Mississippi, which is not in that book. And the reason why it's my favorite poem is because it's who I am. And that's the poem that started off as a joke. (laughs) Do you have that poem? Yes, I do have it. Can you recite it? Can you share it with us? Yes, I can. Okay, thank you. So... I'm Mississippi, like a magnolia flower. Okay, take two. I'm Mississippi, like a magnolia flower, unfading and evergreen, as powerful as the tree's roots, but overall deemed serene. I'm Mississippi, like dirt roads, red clay mud pies, as curvy as the Mississippi River, with wide hips and big thighs. I'm Mississippi, like cotton, but tough as sugar cane. Skin as rich as mahogany wood, features fit for an ebony campaign. I'm Mississippi like sing-song voices with a southern drawl, as laid back as they come and hospitable above all. I'm Mississippi like Oprah Winfrey with the gall of Fannie Lou, diverse as the land holding the Delta Beach in the bayou. I'm Mississippi like juke joints, stomping in my church shoes, got swag like Sonic Boom, and an old soul like the blues. I'm Mississippi like turning food scraps into sought out cuisines, fried it, stewed it, gave it flavor, added it to those bland greens. I'm Mississippi like civil war and civil rights, as present as humid days, mystic like country nights. I'm Mississippi like Mega Evers and Emmett Till, resilient as the ghost of Mississippi, some spirits you can never kill. I'm Mississippi like those rebels, but I sure ain't old, miss. As brave as the freedom riders who refuse to be dismissed. I'm Mississippi like biscuits from scratch, molasses in a mason jar. When you reflect on where you came from, you will never forget who you are. 
I'm Mississippi, and Mississippi is a part of me. Despite judgment and history, there's no other person I'd rather be. I'm Mississippi. I love it. That is, that right there, it just shows the pride that you have in your state and the pride that you have in yourself and the parallels. That, I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. Do you have a favorite poem written by anyone else? Or is it kind of like the poets, there are no favorites? I don't think I have a favorite. I like so many different poems, and I think it depends on the subject. So I don't have a favorite. I like so many. And I did a few name dropping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is awesome. So wonderful. Before we end, I want to know, is there anything else that you want to share with us about poetry or National Poetry Month? Anything at all? There is nothing that I can think of. Unless, do you want me to do the principal challenge? I do. I, I was going to ask you to do the principal challenge. But before we do the principal challenge, I wanted to mention, in addition to your book, The Art of Me, you also have an adult coloring book. And it's not just a regular coloring book. Like you said, you are a writer, so there, there's a lot of writing in it. I call it inspirational pieces. They're inspirational pieces that you can color. And I wanted to know, how did you come about creating this? I, I think you are probably one of the most creative people that I know. And I really love the coloring book and the, the thoughts behind this book. So tell us a little bit about how you came to write this book. And actually, you can tell us how you came to write both of them. Okay. Well, the first book was inspired by our mutual friend. I was writing, and Billy saw me writing. She's like, Phyllis, you're always writing. You should publish a book. And that's when I just collected a lot of the stuff I had already written. And I eventually published a book. And I had some local people help me with the artwork in the book. There's also artwork in the book. It's really beautiful. April. D matter, she did the artwork. So I did that and it's called The Art of Me 30 Strategies to Discovering Your Self Worth. And actually, when I did that book, I said, you know what? I want to do a coloring book. Well, stuff don't work out. So when the pandemic hit, I used to be so overwhelmed and annoyed because although I'm an introvert, I like going out. I like going to concerts and movies and driving places so I'm an adventurous introvert and there was nowhere to go so I found my I found an old coloring book and I started coloring in it and it had inspirational sayings and I said you know what I can start my coloring book again well I did one for my friends and family first and I was encouraged to go ahead and publish it so that's what I did and um, Billy helped me out again. She was like, because there was a snag where I had to have more pages. She was like, Phyllis, you are creative. Come up with something for them to do in the book. So I came up with puzzles. There's a cryptogram. For example, the puzzle says things like, I am. And then there's all these things. You are creative, beautiful, strong. So you have to find those words. 
So that's how I came up with the coloring book. That is so awesome. I just love this. It's so, it is very creative. And when you talk about the art of me, I think one of the other creative parts of that, when you said you're not a poet, is the different types of poems that you have in the book. They're not just, well, I'm, I'm not a poet and I don't know a whole lot about poetry, but I know that, you know, there are sonnets and, and all of these things and haikus and, What's the one when you write a word like the and the T stands for something, the H is something else. You make words out of the letters. Oh, it escapes me too. Where um every letter represents a name. Yes. I can't think of it. So you have all of these different types of poems in your book. And activities in that book as well. So I really like that. That's why I deem you as a poet. Well, this has really, really been great. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to have you as a guest and the audience gets an opportunity to learn more about you because maybe the audience didn't know that you're a published author with two books out and that you're a poet and a writer. So I'm glad we had this opportunity. Now, I would like for you to give our principal challenge. Principal challenge. Live them out. Okay. I would like for everyone to find a local poet and support them. There are local poets in your area. And I would just like for you to support them by their books. So that's my principal challenge, support a local poet. Cool. That is a great challenge. And now can you tell us how can the audience reach you? Where can they find your books? Where can they find you to connect with you when this is all said and done so they can stay in contact with you? Okay, no problem. On Facebook, I am Phyllis G. Williams, Progress Promoter. So if you click, if you just type in Progress Promoter on Facebook, you're going to find me. On Instagram, I'm Progress Promoter. And guess what? My website is progresspromoter.com. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to look up on social media and the internet. So just type in Phyllis G. Williams. Wonderful, wonderful. At the very beginning, when I did your introduction, one of the things that I said was that you help empathetic women set boundaries and become whole so they can serve from overflow. How does your books, writings, blog posts, how, how do these different avenues help in that way one way is the book we didn't say that but the book also has a journaling section so i think by reflecting on some of the things you've done in life and some of the relationships you have you can start seeing things that are healthy even in the coloring book there's a section where i have leaves and i ask you to write names on the leaves and categorize them um and see what relationships are um, healthy and not so healthy. 
So that's just the beginning step, but I will definitely come up with things that are more detailed, like webinars. Wonderful. So everyone, in order to stay in contact with Phyllis, follow her at Progress Promoter everywhere and her website, progresspromoter.com. Once again, I want to thank you for being our special guest. And since you're our special guest, I guess I'm going to have to spread this good news that Phyllis usually does. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give it any justice, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. Open your heart, mind, and ears as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Taking the stage to accept her record-breaking 28th Grammy for Black Parade, Beyonce said, As an artist, I believe it's my job and all of our jobs to reflect the times. It's been such a difficult time, so I wanted to uplift, encourage, and celebrate all of the beautiful Black queens and kings that continue to inspire me and inspire the whole world. She quoted Maya Angelou in the introduction of her acceptance speech and acknowledged Amanda Gorman, 2021 inaugural poet, as a truth-sayer during the speech. Our second bit of good news, The Fruit of the Spirit is Love by Marvin Thompson, a school teacher in Wales, was judged the best from more than 18,000 poems entered into the National Poetry Competition by more than 7,000 writers from 95 countries. London-born London Thompson, 43, is of Jamaican heritage and said one of the aims of the poem was to help his children who live in Wales understand their dual heritage. Our third piece of good news do we have any Detroit listeners? Well, in celebration of April is Poetry Month, the Dearborn Public Library will host Detroit poet Brittany Rogers for a free virtual teen poetry workshop at 2 p.m. on April 10th. The program is for teens in grades 7 through 12. The workshop will focus on self portraits and poetry and participants will create an original poem during the workshop. That is our good news for today. Now I will offer our soul snack. Our soul snack for today comes from an African proverb and it says, birds sing, not because they have answers, but because they have songs. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.